0: welcome into your wednesday live chat for this week's 3m open questions comments concerns whatever you want this time is yours drop them in the chat right now we'll get to as many as possible over the course of the next hour or so and all the tools that you see will be from my website rickrungood.com let's jump into it oliver says Rick, this is a reminder for you to bet Michael Kim at the corn fairy event. Thank you, Oliver. If you haven't bet him yet and he hits, I think a small 5% reminder fee would be fair. That would be fair. Sometimes life isn't fair though, Oliver. Uh, however, we'll see uh, if he's able to pull it off. The Don't get me off on a tangent already, but the idea that um, he is incentivized to not play a PGA tour event that he was in and he withdrew to play a corn fairy event so that he could secure his card. Not great for the system, but uh, he's playing well. Brian says, Tom Hoagie is coming off six straight missed cuts. Can we take a look at his stats and see why that is? I'm curious if it's his ball striking that has fallen off or if his short game that has been the cause. Cheers. Sure. Here's the golfer profile page. Tom Hoagie. We will witness one, two, three, four, five, six consecutive missed cuts as alluded to by Brian. And I would argue, boy, it's a little bit of everything. Right. Um, However you want to slice this up, his ball striking, he's lost in five of six. If you go back to the good old days, this was the really good version of of Tom Hoagie where he's gaining four or five strokes in the ball striking categories nearly every single week. During that run, he had a runner up and a win. Um, We are not seeing that at all. The putting, not there. Around the green, not there. tee to green, losing in five of six. Um, generally very concerning because this looks like a lot of different holes. It looks like everything's going wrong for Tom Hoagie with little signs of that turning around. Hey, Rick, says Dan. Second bite at the apple. Can you take second bite at the apple? What was the first bite? Can you take a look at Neesmith for GPPs? He's been on a solid run. Then after one missed cut at the Scottish, he's 7,500. Feels like he'd be 8,500. If not, is he underpriced? All right, let's look at, at Matthew Neesmith here. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I think the tournament predictor like really loved Matthew Neesmith this week. Uh, the approach play, the driving, that, that goes a long way here. This is not a, a golf course that is particularly difficult to putt on. So the fact that putting is his uh, biggest weakness is is generally a good sign. So the model really loved him gain strokes off the tee, basically every single event dating back to Phoenix, uh, approach play always pretty solid, but he can have a couple of bad weeks. Putting's the, bad, the the weak point. Okay. This is fine. Yeah. This is kind of what you would expect. And when you combine that with, um, what the, the tournament predictor likes from him, which I really do take that seriously because it, it loves upside. It, it loves kind of the way you set up for a golf course, all that fun stuff. Uh, this isn't bad. Right, uh, I don't know what his upside is. That that fourth place finish at the Zurich, that's a team event. A third place at the Valspar. Outside of that, he doesn't have a top twenty-five. Uh, so it's it's a little worrisome about what his actual upside is. But if we are going to see that upside, uh, it's likely to be in this field. Zindor says, Rick. Not one person has been talking about Justin Lauer and how well he's been playing. What are your thoughts? I thought I talked about Lauer at some point this week. If not, um, we could talk about him right now. So here's his data and uh you're not wrong right T8 the Barbasol T16 the Barracuda those are much 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 weaker field events than we're going to get this week this isn't a strong field but it's much stronger than than those are he did make the cut to John Deere um he's played well right he's just missed the cut he missed the cut the Travelers. he missed the cut the memorial you can get away with with most of these results uh my my biggest concern He's kind of all over the place, right? Some weeks he can gain two off the tee. The next week he'll lose two. Approach play, same thing. Gain four, lose three. Around the green, same thing. The putter is the only thing that is generally there, and I don't think that that's necessarily a huge, uh, you know, skill set to be a huge desire desirable skill set this week. So I like Lauer because he gets it done in a lot of different ways, but you could see this going poorly quickly, couldn't you? Right? If he just loses two strokes off the tee, loses two strokes on approach. Like it's, it's over. Um, but I'm probably like a six and a half out of 10 in terms of, in terms of how excited I am with five being the average Ruguru 228 says, uh, you didn't comment on Grillo or Fratelli. I think if we do a deep dive, we're probably going to find similar things that I've I've thought about Grillo for a bit. Um, Obviously coming off of uh, the miscut at the Open Championship, but outside of that, he's been trending in the right direction, right? This is him breaking out of a slump and the fact that he's gained strokes putting in two straight, and even when he doesn't putt well, again, I don't think that's going to be a huge detriment here. Uh, I feel the same as I do about Grillo most weeks since he's kind of broken out of this stretch. Um, Dylan Fratelli, look at dylan 28th at the open okay i remember this stat profile yeah this stat profile is just it's just fairly reliant on putting um fairly reliant on the short game even when he gains six strokes putting he finishes t28 even when he gains five and a half strokes putting he finishes t30 i just worry about what the upside is very likely that fratelli makes the cut this week i just don't Know if he wins you any money outside of like, oh, okay, this is the perfect segue. Like jock market, he's the perfect jock market guy, right? Um, I bet you he's a money maker in jock market, and he is. So average IPO three forty two, average payout. Uh, that's not right. Three thirty seven, average ROI nine nine twenty seven. Uh, let's pull up his his jock market data here. The golfer profile. Fratelli. Must have had that big week in there somewhere. Let's see. Maybe it's minus 9%. Oh, no. Maybe this is what we're looking at. Okay. So over his last 22 cash markets, he's returned a 10% ROI. Uh, because all this format asks him to do is outperform his expectations. It doesn't ask him to win, doesn't ask him to finish inside the top 10, not top 25, anything like that. Just asks him to finish uh, ahead of what his expectations are, which is, again, what I think he is capable of doing. I just don't think he's got a lot of upside. I would much prefer him in a jock market setting than a PGA Tour setting. Uh, Jock market is stock market DFS. You can buy, sell, share, short shares of golfers, athletes. Other sports are involved as well. There are guaranteed payouts based on finishing position. The bidding for the 3M Open is is open right now. It'll go until just before 9 p.m. Eastern time. Joe Idoni and myself are going to do a power hour tonight um, in which we'll take you through the final 45 minutes. So it's 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. Rick Rungood YouTube channel. How unique do you need to get at the top uh, when there's only seven guys over 9K? Okay, well... If you look at this, uh, the projected ownership has just everybody like like those seven or eight guys at the top in like every single lineup, right? There just few people are skipping it. They're going down and then they're gra- grabbing Adam Long or they're grabbing Chris Gotter up, and they're gra- grabbing Svensson. The builds this week are going to be very very similar. I, I think you're going to have a lot of duped lineups. Um, the goal the the goal should be be unique. Find a way to be unique. Is that playing Ches Revi, who I actually quite like this week? That would be one way. Um, is it is it starting even lower? Is it leaving a thousand dollars on the table? Um, you know, you can play. Your lineup could be Sahith, Adam Long, Adam Svensson, and then you know three more popular guys or two more popular guys. And if you leave a thousand dollars on the table, you're now at least unique. Uh, you might not have a ton of leverage on the field, but you're, you're not going to split the money with everybody else. You have a little bit of leverage on the field in that, in that case. So, um, yeah, I think you've got to do things a little bit differently, especially because of the nature of this event, right? This is a, a golf course that has uh water everywhere. There's a, a huge volatility in scoring. Um, you're going to see guys make Eagle on par fives and you're going to see guys take double or triple on these par fives. So, I, I, I think there's no other course or no other event that you should be playing, uh, pivots more frequently. What's up, Rick? Uh, okay. We already talked about it. There two, we're five minutes in and we've got two Emiliano Grillo questions. Uh, Rougarou sent a super chat, which is never required. Always appreciated. Uh, thank you for that. Either fade. Oh, he's answering, he's answering questions in the chat. Here we go. Um, can we deep dive long from Ryan Winnie for sure? And I think we're going to find a lot to like about Adam long here. So he's going to be popular, unfortunately, um, but it's, it's, it's for good reason. Whoops. So look at this stretch of golf that he's, that he's playing right now. Three consecutive top 25 finishes, 21st, 25th, 13th. Uh, you go back a little bit further. You can find a T 15, the Mexico open, go back a little bit further. You can find a T 12, the RBC heritage. So this is, this is a good stretch of golf for him. And he's always uh very good off the tee, never long, uh, but he's accurate which I think when you, you know, these are some generously wide fairways at TPC Twin Cities, but when you miss them, that's when water comes into play. So the precision off the tee, the ability to not even start to bring that stuff into question because you're going to be playing out of the fairway more often than not. It's very, very exciting. What he did at the John Deere Classic in his last start was gain strokes across the board. Now that's twice in his last three starts that he's done that. And he gets kind of close to it a lot. So I believe Adam Long is is kind of rounding into a really solid regular season player. And that is not a knock against Adam long. Is Adam long going to win uh, or contend at a major championship? Probably not. Is he going to win or contend in the playoffs? Probably not. But when you go to Wyndham and the American express and the three M open and the rocket mortgage, and like these events are perfect for Adam long. He's finished 25th. And he's finished runner up in his last two trips to TPC twin cities. So yeah, it, it is certainly worth what we expect the, uh, high variant or the uh, high ownership to be. Ted says, this is live at 3 p.m. Eastern, right? Every Wednesday for like the last three years. Yes. Uh, Joe says, great content this week. I'll bring up the elephant in the room. Strokes gained weather. Okay, Joe, let's talk about the weather. Here's the weather report for Blaine. Uh, Can I zoom in on this? A little bit, a little bit. Um, Obviously not a meteorologist. Here's what I see. I see that there is a basically a chance of rain all week, but it's not forecasted for anything sizable until basically Saturday. So if we're looking for that Thursday-Friday, we probably don't need to look at the rain just yet. Thursday morning looks pretty clean. Uh, Six-mile-an-hour winds. When you start to get into the afternoon wave, 12 p.m., you start to get to 14, 13 miles an hour. Uh, then you go into Friday. And the wind looks down basically the entire day. So I think if you ask me right now, if this held true, I think you'd be slightly better off if you were Thursday morning, Friday afternoon, because it seems like Thursday afternoon is going to have to deal with probably a little bit more wind that might not come to fruition. It might, uh, you know, a a rain delay of any type, if a pop-up thunderstorm happened, like that could cause issues. But I, I believe right now, if you made me choose, I'd give, it's probably, it might be a stroke, half a stroke or a stroke towards, um, towards the Thursday morning guys. Smash the like button says DFS chef. That's a good idea. Who have you warmed up uh, to more in the last two days and who have you cooled on? Do you fade a 29% got her up? Yeah. So we can start with, with got her up as probably someone that if you're looking at the ownership that you, that you kind of have to cool on a little bit here. Um, You know, he is, li- listen, there is probably no other event, uh or scenario in which you can make a case for fading anybody, especially someone who's starting to get to like 27 or 30% ownership. Uh, do I like got her up? Of course I do uh, Haskins winner, plenty of upside. Do we know what that upside looks like on the PGA tour yet? Mm, not really. Do we know, right? He's got the miscut, the barbasol finished T4, to John, T4, the John Deere missed the cut at the Canadian open finished T7 in Puerto Rico. A couple other finishes in that like, okay, to miss, it's a mixed bag. Um, the other thing is I mentioned the course. You you look at the time of year, you have a bunch of guys who are getting injected, as professionals you get guys that are play, coming off a major championship you got guys that are coming off of playing last week at the at the at the Barbasol or at the Barracuda excuse me it's just like a very volatile situation and playing anybody over 25% is like like should we be doing it probably not um who have i warmed on the answer to that is probably ches revy right like there was a there's a question coming up about revy i kind of caught my eye but what's why are, why would we not play revy right? And the argument is he just won and he can't do it again. Okay. I don't need him to do it again. He was 8,800 last week. He's $8,700 this week. Uh, outside of the win, he's been playing great. T8 at the Travelers, T15 in, Mex- uh, in at the Wells Fargo, T13 in Mexico. The approach plays back. When you have a, a change in stats like Rigi has where he was horrible and then he's clearly found something. I mean, it's dark red to dark green. This is this is a guy who's found something in his game. He has a ton to play for, right? A ton to play for still. Going to a place that should probably set up fairly well for him. That's the guy I'm growing on. Um, betting card. Um, yeah. So the card at the moment is is uh is scary stuff. I've I've only made three bets to this point. Uh it is uh Cameron Davis, it's Maverick McNeely, and it's uh Bo Hossler. I feel dirty about that. I'm not super stoked about it. I don't necessarily think it's a great idea to finally be betting McNeely and Davis. At, I think I got them both at 28 to one, which is probably better than what you can get them now. But like betting both of them in the 20s feels a little dirty. And, but I've been betting them all year long. They're probably some of my most bet guys all year long. And I, I, I can't really quit now. They're both playing well and going to a weak field event. Um, And then Bo Hostler. Bo Hostler has this thing where he plays ceiling golf 22 holes a week. <laughs> and he plays floor golf like 11 holes a week. And then he plays okay the rest of them. Uh, I, I just think that. And, and what we've seen are three I think I got him at 110, three winners who have been over 100 to 1 in this tournament's history Matt Wolf, uh, Michael Thompson, and then last year was Cam Champ. And again, embrace the volatility. I know the guy's got a huge ceiling. He's got a very low floor, but let's see if we can figure that out this week. Ownership. So here's what I have. The 8,800 and above crew is like everybody in the twenties like that is just getting so every lineup is starting with one of like the top seven or eight guys, Reeve and Poston and, 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 and uh, Martin Laird are your pivots in the eights with Steele, Goddard up hardy, Adam long garnering a little bit of ownership. Um, the, the $7,600 Adam Svensson super popular Wyndham Clark and Matthew Neesmith are both in double digits. So is Tom Kim at $7,300 Callum Taran catches a little bit, but outside of that, like 100 guys who are priced, $7,300 and below are less than 5% owned. It's just everyone's playing like a more balanced and like avoid the 6K and get one of these guys. Because really, because if you think about it, the, the, the other thing about this is the expensive guys are not even that expensive, right? When you look at previous weeks, the most expensive guy would easily be 11,000, $11,200. When the most expensive guy is ten five, you also don't really even need to go down to the sixes that frequently, even if you're building with guys at the top. So, um, it's creating a situation where like the, the guys under $7,300 are just going completely unknown, Um, and there's a lot of them, a lot of them. Rick, who's your favorite golfer of all time? I don't know, man. I've actually, I, it's, it's hard. It's, you know, I feel like I've kind of separated myself from fandom at this point. I enjoy the game. I enjoy a lot of these guys, my favorite golfer of all time. I mean, I guess the easy answer is tiger just because of what he was, what he was able to do. But like, I don't think any of these guys are like infallible or um, I don't know. I don't really have favorites in other sports either. It's hard to, it's hard to get attached to these guys. Quite honestly, I appreciate their games. I I love what they do and what they say. Some of them suck. Some of them are great. Um, hard to pinpoint one guy. Was thinking of using Aaron bats Aaron Baddeley, as my last man in on a price history angle. Then I saw your trends tool. Okay, so the trends tool looks like this. I don't know where Baddeley stands in all of this. Um, oh. Oh, okay. So he's saying, I, I want in on, I want in on Battley because of the trends tool. Okay. So what the trends tool does is it allows you to compare any golfers X number of rounds to their 100 round baseline. So it basically says who's hotter or colder than their baseline. I am assuming Aaron Battley is going to be upper left. Yeah, he is. So basically the way to read this is, um, in the last 24 rounds, Aaron Battley is gaining a third of a stroke to his 100 round baseline. So let's just say his 100 round baseline is zero. Uh, right now he's gaining 0.36 strokes to the field in his last 24. And then it breaks down how he's doing that. So this is about as good of a profile as you would want to see. Just significantly better in the last 24 in tee to green play and struggling in the short game categories because the short game categories usually come back to earth. So then when you look at the breakout candidates tool, this just charts it for you. So it's a little bit easier to read. The guys that are in the upper left are guys that are playing above their expectation from T to green and not putting as well as they normally do. And the idea is continue to hit it well and get back to your putting baseline. And that's, that's prime for a breakout. Um, so that's, yeah, that's about as good of a profile as you could see there. Aaron Baddeley, if we look at his golfer profile. Yeah. So uh, now you have to remember for a lot of these events, we don't have strokes gained metrics, right? So you're really only looking at a couple of starts. So it is a smaller sample size, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. Um, so I, I would say that, you know, if you're looking for a reason out, which I don't think you necessarily should be, it's that he has a very small sample size here. Yeah. Um, Hey, Rick, can you run a model trying to pinpoint some good value? Okay, so here's the custom model, rickrungood.com. Let's go last 36 rounds. And let's do something different than I did earlier in the week. Um, Let's do birdie or better, 20%. Let's do putting, strokes game putting, 10%. Let's do 25 on approach, and then let's do uh, 5 on distance, 15 on accuracy. That leaves us with 25. So we'll put – we've done off the tee. We've done that. Okay, we haven't done really like around the green stuff, so to speak. So we'll do like 10 on sand saves, and uh, it leaves us with 15, which we'll put 5 each on 150 to 175, 175 to 200 and shots over 200 plus. Let's see what that gives us. Number one golfer, Hideki. Number two, Tony Finau, Adam Hadwin, Cam Davis, Davis Riley, Sung J.M., Adam Svensson, Tom Hoagie, Lucas Glover, Cameron Tringale. I will note 84 is a pretty low value. Sometimes when you start putting in things into the model, guys are in the 90s, um, which kind of gives you an idea of that there's not a guy who fits all of that stuff perfectly, uh, but Hideki is the top guy there. Hey, Rick, haven't seen a mention about Hammer and Hank. I think this is the event where he went 69, 69, then WD. Oh, is it? Is it? Okay, so remember this. We'll go back to it. Hammer and Hank. Lebiota. Was on a run last year. Is this it? Yes, here it is. So... Had all these top 15, all these top 10 finishes. He was very popular this week for the 3M. He made eagle on his last hole of the day to make the cut. He gained three strokes to the field over those first two rounds. And then, unfortunately, uh, his dad had a health scare. And he withdrew on Friday night. And then when he finally came back about a month later, he... Missed five straight cuts, missed like seven out of eight, never really got it going again. Now we're starting to see signs of improved play. He's gained strokes on approach in four of his last six. The putter's been fine. T to green stuff. Okay. Uh, It's not as good as this block from last year, but it's not horrible either. So yeah, that, that could be interesting. Had he played the 3M before that, or was that his only start last year? Uh, okay. So technically, I mean, you could argue this is three straight made cuts, right? Cause he made the cut and then he withdrew. So it's T 34 T 26 and then made the cut. Um, so that's actually a low key, pretty good profile. The other thing is, and, and this is why it's so important that I, that I do the strokes gain by round because like some places would wipe out his results because of a WD I don't want to wipe out his results. He played He played entire rounds. So so that is in the database. So if you ever see where it says like, oh, he gained three strokes, but he missed the cut or he withdrew, like there's something, maybe not missed cut, but withdrew. Like something's going on there. That's just a little secret about, about the data. How do we feel about Troy Merritt? Good question. How do we feel about Troy Merritt? I've got many strong opinions about Troy Merritt. Let's take a look here. Um, coming off of... A T30 at the Genesis. Not, wow. Not much outside of that besides the RBC Heritage. Um, I love that he gained seven and a half strokes ball striking. Is that likely to happen again? Probably not, right? Is that like one of the best approach weeks of his career? Yeah, it's the fifth best approach week of his career. That's probably not going to happen again. Um, Yeah, this this doesn't excite me as much, I don't think. This is like a four out of ten. Is there anything here that I could get behind? I'm trying to just look at his look at his metrics here. He doesn't do he doesn't do really anything well. He does everything okay. He is a very good long putter. I'll give him that. First in putting from outside of 25 feet. Not sure how critical that's going to be this time around. So probably not on, on um uh Troy. What is the ownership like on Ricky Fowler? I need a final slot, and I'm afraid that I'm a bit too chalky. Okay, I've got Ricky Fowler's ownership about 9.3%. Hey Rick, once again should have listened to you and didn't invested in Rory over Cam, shaking my head. Can you do a deep dive on Sung Yul No and Satoshi Kadaira? I don't think we've done I don't think we've done that in quite some time. Give me one second to pull these guys up. So Sung Yol No, let's see what we've got on Sung You'll. Here we go. Uh, he's made a couple cuts in a row. Made four cuts in a row. Barracuda Barbasol, John Deere, RBC. Uh, Canadian. Not very good off the tee, more reliant on the short game. It's fine. And then what Kadira took up Sadoshi Kadira. Um, A little more upside, a little more downside, right? He's also missed just as many cuts, but when he plays well, it's top 15s. It's T27. It's T30. Ball striking numbers are a little bit better. Uh, I'm not super excited about either of them, but Kadara seems to be a little bit better from a metric standpoint. What do you think of Marty Fish playing this week? Any chance he makes the cut? I I literally have zero idea about Marty Fish's game. Like zero idea. I think he's played that Tahoe classic um, maybe once. or There's no way I have Marty Fish in the database, right? No, I don't. I have literally no idea. I think in general from like guys who get sponsors exemptions, who are not professional golfers like a Tony Romo or what, like this is not going to end well, right? Steph Curry, same thing. Like just he doesn't make the cut. I think I saw a book that has him at 12 to one to make the cut, which is criminal. That's why books don't go out of business. It should be 120 to one. He might make the cut. I have no idea, but you cannot put him at the same odds as like real professional golfers who play on this tour every single week. That's that's insulting. Who's the one guy you have to have $9,100 or above? Loving Davis and Davis at nine and 8.9. Yes, the only concern around those guys is obviously going to be the chalk factor. Uh, the only other guy above, what was it, 9100 that I have to have? I don't think there is one. I, I'm probably more bullish on Sahif than most. <clears throat> uh, thoughts on Grayson Murray? No. There's, I mean, realistically, he's not good at golf. Uh, he is very capable of having a bad hole and withdrawing, right? Uh, because he's not happy to be on the PGA tour. And uh I know that he's actively trying to get recruited for live golf, and it doesn't seem to be happening all that successfully. Uh, so he can't get a job there either. So I don't know. This is really not much in the hopper. For old Grayson Murray. And it couldn't happen to a nicer guy, unfortunately. That's a joke. He's an asshole. Um, Wyndham Clark, a good pivot option. Let's look together. Because Wyndham Clark reels me in every once in a while. Okay. We've got five cuts made in his last six. This is what I like about Wyndham, right? He does. I I don't. I don't want to call this elite, but he does have like an elite skill set, which is which is driving the golf ball fifth in distance. He is very inaccurate, which is scary. Now the other thing is, and I will tell you guys, I didn't know. I didn't think this necessarily passed the sniff test for me when I ran the correlation model for this week, where you know you look at all the stats and you apply it to the golf course. Um, Driving distance was was not nearly as correlated to success as driving accuracy is that doesn't always pass the sniff test for me here. I know you can get into trouble off the tee, but there were some other things like it's, it's weird when that doesn't usually match up, but he has an elite skill set of all, off the tee. Um, he is a horrible Potter. The good news is he can get hot. He's gained in three of his last five and one of them was gaining 11 strokes at the RBC Canadian he also lost seven and a half at the open championship but ask Sanja M about putting at the old course because Jae lost 10 and a half it can happen to you so yeah I, I do think that's an interesting little play there in the 7K in the 7K range uh please do not submit questions uh the same question twice I am going in order or at least generally in order. So I will get to it eventually. I understand that I'm behind on questions. That's how it always works and then I get caught up cuz people ask the same questions. We do do this every week and it works very well. Uh the jet lag conversation, I'm not really taking into account, right? I'm I'm here to quantify things. I'm here to try to give you an idea of what I think the data looks like. All of these guys are going to act differently, right? Sahith might be better on jet lag. Cause he's like 24 years old than somebody else. Uh, it, it is difficult to try to compare that to every single golfer. So I'm, it is, it is not part of the decision-making process for me. What two guys in the bottom half of the field are long shots that you think will make the cut. So I, I, I talked about Bo Hostler. Um I, I think I, you know, Doug Gim has not been playing well, but, like he is, he is definitely more talented than a lot of the other guys he is being priced around. Like that's, that's a true statement. Um, Tom Kim, who will be popular, is also, I believe, generally better than the guys he is being priced around. I'm pretty much in on Michael Gligic. He's got four straight top 40s. His last nine have all been really good, except he had the, he had the WD from the RBC Canadian. I'm not sure what happened there, but, uh, he's made two cuts here in a row. That's someone that I'd be, that I'd be fairly interested in. And then, that's probably it. <clears throat> I've answered a couple of these, so I'm just gonna keep rolling on. There's a question about Adam Shank, who is the fourth Adam in this field. Um let's go look up Adam Shank here. Withdrew from the John Deere. I do not remember why. Missed the cut at the Travelers, twenty fourth of the US Open. T 26, the Memorial. I don't know. I mean, I'm a shank guy and this is, this is not, it's not great. It's kind of all over the place. Uh, one good ball striking week, a lot of bad putting weeks. I think there's better options. Is it, uh, okay. I've I've answered that. I've answered that. I've answered that. I've answered that. Okay. Let's do Harry Higgs because Harry Higgs love the guy. He's been, he's been really bad, right? Like let's look at Harry Higgs together here. Okay. T11 at the Barracuda. That's his best finish since, uh, summit club, which was in October. We don't have the metrics though, right? We only have the strokes gain total. And because it's a stable for scoring. Like it's really, really wonky, but like, what would we want to see from that T11? Well, we'd want to see a market improvement in the ball striking because just quick math, he's lost 26 strokes ball striking in the, in the five measured events before this. And that's not uncommon as he's been losing basically three or four every single week. So, you know, even if we assumed that he gained like seven strokes ball striking uh, would you think it would be something he could he could do again? Would that be repeatable? Unlikely. So I think we got to be out on Harry, unfortunately, as much as I'd, I'd love to play him. Is it worth playing all three of the 10K guys in the same lineup? Uh, I do not believe so. I think there are serious concerns around not only the general nature of this event, but also around the state of Hideki's game, the state of Sungjae's back, uh, that would force you to go down into what is arguably one of the worst $6,000 ranges that we've seen in quite some time. I do not believe this is worth doing. You you will be unique. I don't even know if you could do it. Could you even do it? All three 10K guys, that would leave you... So it would be 30800 which would leave you... Oh God, I'm going to do quick math here. 19,000? I guess you could do it, right? 6, 12, 18? You'd have to have three bottom dwellers. I do not believe that's a thing. Cohiba says, if you're not subscribed to Rick Rungood, what's the problem? Also, the Rick Rungood DK Slack chat tournament rocks. Talk about trash talking. Thanks, Rick. You rock smash like button. There you go. Uh, Garrett Kigo. Boy, I think we're going to uncover a lot of also, really poor play here. I actually think it was it was unfortunate. He he won't feel this way, but like kind of unfortunate that Gary Gago won immediately. Right? He comes on he comes on the PGA Tour. It's just like his second start, wins the Palmetto, and it's just was he's never found it again. Um, his T eighteen at Memorial by far his best finish as a, as an individual. A ton of cuts here. Again, the ball striking numbers are horrible. Short game horrible. There there is just there is just little really seriously little reason to think um he's going to be able to put it together here he's actually fairly decent from like the very long yardages uh but i don't think we even get a lot of shots there i think we're going to get a lot of shots from like 150 to 200 he's great from like 200 and 225 and 250 and all that but man I, yeah. this is i mean he sprays it off the tee I'm trying to find, he also, okay, God, I'm so sorry, Garrick. This is like, you know, we have to look at this. Not only does he miss a lot of fairways, he misses a lot of fairways in a huge way. Distance from edge of fairway on average 37 (laughs) feet when he misses a fairway, which is almost dead last on tour, which makes me think he is going to be finding a lot of water here, right? If anybody wants to just like, like, let's just, let's just make a gentleman's wager that Garrick Higo hits like, one and a half water balls, right? Like what 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 side what side of that do you want? You want over or under? You might take the over. Michael Kim is out of the 3M open. He's playing the Corn Fairy Tour event. Don't get me started on that. Um, there were a couple questions about Hayden Buckley. So let me just like grab that real quick. I don't know what we are necessarily gonna find from Hayden, but we will look. Um, this is way better. This is way better than I would have expected, quite honestly. So one, two, three, four, uh, nine straight gaining off the T. That's a good sign. The improvements in the approach play are measurable. That's a very good sign. His around the green play is, is whatever it's fine. And honestly, if you're, if you're, if you're needing to get up and down here, you're totally screwed. And his putter is a small negative. Except this massive loss that he had at the Barbasol where he lost 8.6. Is that his worst ever? It is by far. So, so, so it is not on, okay. It is not a stretch to say Hayden Buckley will not lose eight and a half strokes putting again. I don't even think you could do it here if you wanted to. And it's three strokes worse with the flat stick than any event he's ever played in his career. Um, So let's assume that's going to get better. And the multiple week improvements in the ball striking categories. Okay. That I'll give it to you. I don't know. There was a couple of questions. So a lot of people had it. What's his price for this week? I might bet him. Should, should I, should he be should he be my fourth guy? He's 7,100. Should he be my fourth guy? We have to write this down somewhere. So I remember. Um, Hayden Buckley. Okay. I might just bet him. That's not bad. Is it going to be one of those weeks where the optimal leaves three K on the table? Probably is Hadwin a solid one and done up shit option. Yes. Any thoughts on Brandon Matthews? No. uh, I mean, he hits the ball a country mile, but if we start to look at some of his, uh, and we don't have a lot of metrics on him, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it's a very, he doesn't have a lot of PGA tour measured events. Does this does this move the needle for you? A T-15 at the live and work in Maine, a T-3rd at the Ascendant, uh, and then a withdrawal from the Memorial? Does that move the needle? 60th at the U.S. Open? Does that move? I mean, lost six and a half strokes at the country club on approach? Boy. This, this, this candidly does not do that much for me. He is, although he would be very much cut from the cloth of like Cam Champ just winning this thing, right? right camp Jam kind of the one trick pony of 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 driving it long if brandon Matthews won this but no i i don't i'm not particularly excited about that ownership on tom kim is like 13% i've been hearing gliggick hostler and palmer a lot yeah that's fine of the 14 guys projected over 15% ownership who are you fading hopefully a lot of them so i think the logical fades let's let's look through this here so the guys who will be uh super popular at the top, uh Riley Svenson, McNeely, Goddard up, Long, Davis, Finao, uh, Tringali even, Hadwin. So if you throw Sung Jane in- sung in there. So I, I think I think there's concerns about sung right? There's a lot of reports that his back's not right. Um he's losing strokes in the in the ball striking categories or in the approach categories, which is not not particularly great. He's gotten into these types of slumps before, so even if he was healthy, we've seen this from him before and it usually takes a couple of weeks to get out. Not particularly excited about that. So I'd probably fade him. Got her up um 26% for like a real unknown entity where there's a lot of pivots in the 7k range, probably just not going to be for me. And then if I had to fade one more, I mean, what's, like, Hunky Tony needs what? Top five to pay himself off at $10,500? Um, I could probably find a different position. Those are three guys. Is Hardy hit injured? Not that I'm aware of. We did a lot of Adam Long. Rewind. One and done coming down to the wire. Personally down to Riley, Tagala, Svenson Steele, McNeely. What is your quick take? Uh, Sahith is great. Riley's probably a little bit better. Um, I wish this was like the second week that Riley was playing, right? If Riley, if this was the second week for Riley, I'd bet him to win. And maybe I should just still bet him to win. But if this was, I just hate that he hasn't played since the Travelers. Um, Riley or Tagalog would be my guess. Hi, Rick. Three outright winners on the PGA Tour in a row. Whoa, looking to make it four for the first time ever. Three in a row. Yeah, I guess. Well, Poston was good. Uh, Cam Smith, what was the one in the middle? Who won right before? Who won the John Deere? Oh, Xander, right? No, Xander won Travelers, then John Deere, then, oh, Scott, the Scottish Open. Who won the Scottish Open? Why am I blanking on the Scottish Open? Now I have to look it up. Sorry. My brain is fried at this point in the week. Scottish Open was won by, oh Xander, no, yeah, we knew that. My my, I'm an idiot. My brain is is warped. Um, I've answered a lot of these, which is good. See, this is how I get caught up. This is how I get caught up because I've answered a lot of these questions. What are your thoughts on Cole Hammer? Okay, like Cole Hammer and Chris Godarup are not all that different, right? They are, they are, and they aren't, Uh, but both are uh, very accomplished uh collegiate golfers. Uh, Hammer didn't win the Haskins, but he comes from Texas where they've won everything. And Goddard up is, is Goddard up a year older than him or are they both the same class? But either way, they're, they're both, I believe kind of like high upside unknown entities. And Cole Hammer has been on the scene. Cole Hammer has been, uh, a part of this for a long time, I guess. Actually, Hammer's probably older, right? Because he's because he's played he's played PGA Tour events before. He's played Corn Fairy events before, so he probably turned pro last year, if I remember correctly. Um, so yeah, like I'm I'm fine with that. If you're looking for like kind of a, a risky little dart throw, and Hammer's probably going to be significantly less owned, right? I mean, Godrup's going to be thirty percent owned, and and Cole Hammer's going to be four and fifteen hundred dollars cheaper. I'm doing this phase. Like, yeah, do that. Uh, great content. Brand new subscriber to your website. How do you approach Champ this week as play, as the defending Champ? And also thoughts on Riley after big layoff. Yeah, so I kind of covered Riley a little bit. I'm, I'm still very bullish, but I, I I do wish that um that he had been, that he played like one more event. So what do we know about Cam Champ? Uh, Cam Champ generally starts to foreshadow when he's going to play well. Um, he's always going to drive it well, but you'll start to see like right before, like John Deere last year, you know, he, he, well, he didn't lose a ton of strokes on approach and the putter got a little bit better. Then he snaps off and wins the 3M open. And I think he did that before another win as well, where he just kind of like, he starts to foreshadow it just a little bit. You'll start to see improvements in, um, in some of his other aspects of his game it would be hard to make that case right now. Five missed cuts in a row. It would also be hard to invest in him considering the fact that he's not even driving it well. So here's before this little slump. He gains three off the tee in two rounds, 3.2, 5.8, 4.7. Now it's 0.5, 0.7, 1.7, minus 1.5, and then three. Oh boy. That's not great. That's not great. Welcome to the team, Brian. Um is this true CH3 to live? I have not seen that. If that happened while I'm here, CH3, that's, listen, they've gotten probably better guys than I thought they were going to get. They've gotten guys that I did not even know were recruitable. Okay. Henrik Stenson and Charles the III. They should take the money and go. I'm in on Gligic. So the question is, Gligic or Tarrant? I like both these guys. I'm just I, from what I see from Gligic, I think it's a little bit better. Talked about Hoagie a little bit earlier. Uh, yes, I did run another model. Yes, I just talked about Cam Champ. See, this is how I get caught up. Um, how do you quantify Hideki seemingly being checked out mentally and waiting for live next month? Uh, you don't try to quantify it because it's impossible to try to quantify. You look at his metrics and you say. This doesn't look like classic Hideki. This doesn't look all that good. This isn't great. The ball striking numbers are kind of all over the place. You had that one good week at the U.S. Open and a lot of bad weeks around it, and you just move on. Yes, we did a deep dive on Justin Lauer. Okay, let's do Sam Ryder real quick. And we'll do Doc as well. We've not done Doc in a long time. Unfortunately, um, there's not been a huge reason to look up Doc's stuff. Let's look up Doc here. Love the guy. He's missed one, two, three, four, five, six out of his last seven cuts. I wish I had more to say about his game. I wish I had more to say about his game. Um, small positive off the tee, small, pay, small negative on approach. He gives a lot of strokes away around the green, and his putter is all over the place. It does not generally turn into a lot of results, and he is fairly far removed from a stretch run of golf where he was kind of piling up really good finishes. And even when he was playing better. He missed the cut here in 2020. Did he play it last year? Uh doesn't look like he played it last year. That That's that's hard to get to. Um, Sam Ryder might be a little more appetizing. Come on, load for me. There we go. When I'm sharing my screen, I got a bunch of stuff running. Sometimes it slows down on me. Um, maybe not even, right? Five, five missed cuts in his last seven. At least the approach play is there. And this is actually, I mean, listen, not all missed cuts are equal. This is a pretty unlucky stretch of golf as well for Sam Ryder, who missed, like he's missing these cuts by a stroke, losing less than a stroke to the field in this miscut, cut, losing less than 1. 1.4, one, uh, one, less than one, uh, one. Like he's missing the cut like on the number when he misses it. And his approach play is at least generally better. Uh, uh, Ryder would be, I believe, a much better option here. I try and mainly use guys under 15% owned, but with chalk making so much sense this week, week, would it make sense to use two to three chalk pieces and then just be very different? Yeah, that's fine, right? Like I I do like the idea of like the barbell approach, right? The barbell approach is that you are, um, the guys that you roster are either going to have ownership way on this end of the spectrum, where the weights are, or way on this end of the spectrum. And you're not going to have anything in the middle where the bar is, right? You're going to have stuff where the, where the, um, where the weights are. So that would mean like, instead of getting six guys that are 16% owned, uh, you would have, for example, three guys that are 22% owned and three guys that are 6% owned. And the idea around that is that golfers are chalky for a reason. Right. It is because they are either playing well, they are, they have good course history, they have both, whatever. Like just sentiment is positive for a reason. That's why they're chalky. The other thing is, um, if you, if everyone you have in your lineup is like sixteen percent owned, you just have no leverage anywhere. Um, if one of your really chalky guys misses the cut, it's going to take down a significant portion of the field with you. That's okay. It get, and then you have someone who's you know six percent owned, and if that person goes on to finish inside the top ten, you have a ton of leverage on the field. So I, I do I do like the uh, barbell approach. A lot of questions about Grillo. We talked about it. Um, it was. Okay. So, so we haven't talked about Smotherman in a while because I think Smotherman is, 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 still kind of very much the same player that he's always been. He's just coming off one of his better finishes, right? So, so the reason that, um, people were, have always been very excited about Smotherman is because he's a very good ball striker. Uh, you know, you go back to just the start of the year, generally a positive in the ball striking categories. In fact, he's only lost once the American express, which is a very, very weird event he lose, And that's only, uh, one measured round. Um, he loses three and a half strokes, ball striking. Otherwise it's, it's been pristine. And then now he's finally coming off an eighth place finish. So I remember there were times where I would, I would spend a lot of time talking about, uh, Austin Smotherman and saying, well, what's his upside? Right? Because he's got a lot of top 25 finishes, like 25th to 35th. He's got a lot of these fishes. What's his upside? We might be starting to see that his upside is top 10. So I'm I'm very willing to give Austin Smotherman another crack here. Um I have his projected ownership at it's probably pretty. Oh no, I'm at 8.6%. I think he comes in higher than that. But yeah, I'm 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 happy to go that way. So after last week, I finally took over first place in one and done. Sick. I'd love to hang on to the lead. Play Tagala? What are your other options? I've already used Davis and Riley, which are two different people. Davis Riley, Davis and two different okay. Um, I would just play Tagala then. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's I have not made my final decisions yet, but I will likely have to play Sahith somewhere. Uh maybe not in the Rick Run good, but somewhere. I will probably have to play I don't understand why Tringali is so popular. Chez seems like a simple pivot. I agree. Is Nick Hardy even worth it with high ownership? Well, pick your spots, right? It's not Nick Hardy and Adam Svensson. It's not Nick Hardy and Adam Long and Adam Adwin. Like, pick your spots, right? If you determine that, that um, Hardy's the guy, just get different somewhere else. I will not talk you out of Gligic. Uh How many core players this week? More or less lineups? I'm not sure I completely understand this question, but the fewer core players, the higher risk, higher reward. I am treating, you know, my betting card is a little bit smaller than usual just because I don't, you know, I kind of feel a little bit dirty with it. I'll probably add, who, who did I say? Hayden Buck. So I'll probably have four guys, but I want to have usually like five or six, which is fine. Um, but I'm playing the same amount of, everything else, right? So I don't even know if that's answering your question or not. Um Nate Lashley. We'll do Lashley and Tringali. A lot of questions about these guys. Okay. So Lashley, then we'll do Tringali. Here's Lashley. Miscut T twenty five cut cut T seventeen W D that was a toe injury I believe T eleven I mean he's when he plays well he has okay when you, when you want to talk about upside right when when Lashley plays well he has legit top twenty upside like legitimately legitimately he's got a bunch of those finishes uh you just don't always get it so I, I think that is good right you're kind of guessing on where he's gonna have good weeks or not but. When he does play well, you get good results out of him. Missed the cut twice here. That's a little bit concerning. Nineteen and 2021. 20, you look at his numbers. He is accurate. I could I could see this being like a like a Lashley pop week. I could see that. That's not un, that would not be un, unusual or uncommon. Tringali. Wow. So man. This is such a difficult stat profile to assess. Uh, because he drives it okay. His approach play is mostly positive, but can be erratic. He's more reliant on the putter than I would like. But I think you have to generally think this is okay. Has he played the 3M open before? He has. He played it well. Yeah, I mean it's he deserves to be somewhat popular. I agree with whoever said um it feels like an easy pivot to chez, right? Like do you want to play a 22% Cameron Trigali? Like do you like is that is that the path you want to go down? I can't imagine. I started watching in the middle in the beginning of the season and got first in my fantasy league. You the man. Ooh, thank you. Uh Am I imagining things or did you used to have a holes with water on the Holy Grail? Did I? Did I have a water? Was it water in play? I think that's the stat for it. Uh, I think this. I think I probably got rid of it because this is the only week that anybody ever cares about it. But I could probably add that back in, Oliver. No problem. Weather. So there, go back a little bit. But the idea, I think, is if it stays the same right now, I think there's a, there's probably a slight edge to Thursday morning, guys. I'd ask for the producer's pick, but we all know it's Cam. Okay, she was very, very upset that uh, she picked Bryson, like a lunatic, although he played well, and not the Cam's. Cam's go one and two. That was her whole thing. That's her whole shtick. Her whole shtick is just picking the Cam's and hoping that one of them get, it, get it, gets it right. Uh, she says this week it's the Adam. She says Adam is her pick, which gives her four cracks at it. Shank, Hadwin, Svensson, and long, shameful, is she? She tried to go with Davis the first time, which would give her Davis Riley and Cameron Davis, but she realized there was more Adams. Best low ownership option from 7,000 to 7,200. I believe that answer to be, dude, it might be Hayden Buckley. Whoever brought up Hayden Buckley is going to cost me a lot of money. Because that stat profile was way better than I anticipated ever getting to it when I got there. And it now legit just might be Hayden Buckley. How crazy is that, right? Do you think Brendan, does this course fit Brendan Todd even with the miscut? So I guess it depends on what you what you think is going to happen here. Um, you know, keeping it in play off the tee and avoiding the penalty strokes are going to be important for sure. And I do think that that. Sets up well for Brandon Todd. Just rarely gets out of line off the tee. Um, now, unfortunately, the rest of his game isn't particularly great. And the best part of his game is putter. I think is going to kind of be neutralized here a little bit. You can kind of look at this a couple ways. These are easy greens to putt on. Does that mean the guys that are good putters are just going to make everything? Or does it mean the worst putters are going to not be as bad? Right, like it's hard to quantify that, so I, I would argue. Um, the best part of his game is a little bit neutralized, and it will help that he'll be playing out of the fairway. But that's about it, that's about it. I bet Cam Davis, James. So it says Sahith or Cam Davis for an outright bet. You can bet them both. I can't with the way that I do it because I had already bet Maverick, Maverick McNeely, so I can't really bet three or four guys in the 20s. So. And when I looked at Circa, Sahith was already twenty to one. I would love to bet him. I I just can't. I can't. So good luck. Um, okay, we got a couple minutes here. Let me go back. There was one question about Richie Warinsky, and that's another name we haven't talked about in, in quite some time. I love that we get into some of these guys in these fields. Anything to see here on Richie Warinsky? No, um, he has lost a ton of strokes from T to green in his last six measured starts. He's lost five, one one5108 10, eight, six, and eight and a half. That's from T to green. And in half of those, he also lost with the putter. Ooh, not good, Richie. Ooh, what else we got? Uh, I'm 10th out of 35 in my one and done. Man, this is so hard. Should I go with Matsuyama or Finau or uh Matsuyama Finau or pivot to Tigala and Davis. Is that Riley or uh Cameron Davis? Um This is so hard because you should you like should just be playing Matsuyama and Finau, but this is such a volatile event and these guys are both coming back. Um I think you still have to. I realistically think you have to go with Hideki and Tony, and it might really suck when one or both of them miss the cut. But you're 10 out of 35. You're in the upper third. I'm sorry. I think you have to do it. Or, Matt, honestly, do what your heart says. That's more important than this. <laughs> no one's talking about posting. I talked about posting earlier this week. If you played, okay. I'm just going to play Poston and Chez Revy, right? Like that is the path to win all the money. The, the path to winning all the money is a t- combined 21% owned JT Poston and, and Ches Revy. JT Poston misses a cut at the Open Championship, which I'm never going to crush him for, especially after only qualifying two weeks prior, thanks to his win. And then the week before that, he had a runner up. He gained 29 strokes to the field, 30 strokes to the field in two starts. And that's also to go with his T9 at the Wells Fargo, his T3 at the RBC Heritage. What does he do well? Um, plays out of the fairway, right? Driving accuracy. It's actually, I thought it was better than that. It's only 83rd. Uh, can get hot. His, his stats don't stand out to you, but when he plays well, it's like he's, he's much better than all of these numbers. Like if you just play Revi and Poston, don't you win all the money? Aren't they like arguably two of the hottest guys on tour? Seriously, seriously. Actually, I'm not even. I'm not even arguing it. It's true. Last 24 rounds of everybody in this field, uh, Revi's the third best strokes gained. Poston's the fifth best. Combined 21 percent ownership. Don't you win all the money if you do that? Maybe, I don't know. Or you lose it all. It's, I don't know. It's, it's up for you to decide. It's your money. Um, okay, I'm going to put a pin in it there because I'm going to be quite honest with you guys. I'm quite hungry for lunch. I'm going to go eat some lunch. But if you want to get more live chat time, there's a live chat tonight, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time, Rick Run Good YouTube channel. That's Jock Market, Jock Market Power. out, Stock Market DFS. Um, it's a lot of fun. Come and join. It's very, very laid back. I appreciate everybody for jo- uh, showing up for a 3M open. Let's go. Like, let's show these people, like, it's not, we don't care about majors, right? I care about everything. I love the 3M Open. I'm going to tune in. I'm going to watch PGA 12. I'm going to do all that stuff. Like, I love this. Goodbye. Good luck.